Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The volume. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to tirerack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Week six is here, and there is a big Thursday night matchup between the Bucks and the Eagles. FanDuel Sportsbook is about to make it even bigger because FanDuel is giving new customers 30 to 1 odds on either team to win. That means you can end the NFL week right by winning $150 on a $5 bet. Look, it's hard for me to bet against Tom Brady. I know it's at Philadelphia. You can give me the Bucks minus seven, and there's a bunch of great same-game uh, same parlays. I like the under 52 and a half too, and I'm about to give you a little hint. There's a two-touchdown score out there that is plus 750. His name is Antonio Brown, and you need to take it. Offers like this are just one of the many reasons that I love betting the NFL on FanDuel. They're the number one rated sportsbook app in America, and they should be. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure, and the pay Payouts are fast as it gets. FanDuel's a sports betting site made simple. They're always hooking you up with great offers. And plus, when you win, you'll get paid in as little as 24 hours. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. But sign up with the promo code JBOY, that's J-B-O-Y, this week before the Bucks take on the Eagles, and you could win $150 on a $5 bet. But you have to remember to use the promo code JBOY, that's J-B-O-Y, so they know that I sent you exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over, present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus $150. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Restrictions apply. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. And the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889- 9789 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane. This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the J-Boy Show. And you're watching the J-Boy Show. And thanks for watching the J-Boy Show. Welcome 
to it. It's Wednesday, people. Coming off, had some college football last night. A little Sunbelt, Fun Belt action. Uh, two and one on the bets. Moved to 60 and 39 on the year. That's 65%. I'm telling Ooh. you guys, if the men in black show up at my house, I'm actually not going to be too upset, but I just don't want them to take me out casino style and beat me to death in a cornfield with a baseball bat. So I let, I got, I let you guys down last night. Sorry. Well, look, I thought good Appalachian bet. State look, might show up to a, a football game. I thought it was a good bet. I thought they might show up to play football. Yeah, well, App State just looked lost last night. Well, they were I, like a kid who ran away from his parents in Walmart. 23 points in the first quarter. I wasn't feeling good. <sighs> you the had dark to, art. And then the, the dark, dude, 23 points in the first quarter, he hits the under. At 30 and a half for halftime, I couldn't believe it. We were watching the game, and it just blew my mind. But we got a heck of a show for you today. We're going to have Coach Mike Leach waiting on him to ring-a-ling-a-ling in uh, to talk some Bama. Big week for him. Going to talk a little bit uh, about how the year's gone uh, before we get up to this point. He's always a great guest to have on. And then Rusty Manziel from Dogs247 is going to get on. We're going to talk some Georgia-Kentucky, but we're going to talk some national landscape, too. Rusty's a guy that understands it all. Uh, We're going to talk about why we need 12 teams in the playoff. You know I was a fan of eight, but I look around at the parody now, which is delicious to me as a college football purist. I was thinking about it on the drive over here. The matchups that we could have. The Big Ten right now, if you look at the rankings, where they fall, they're going to kind of cannibalize each other. But we could have some unbelievable matchups. And you look at teams like Coastal and stuff like that, we're going to dive into that. We're going to give away our midseason awards. The first annual Coolies, the Water Coolies. Uh, not too far away from the Dundies if you're an Office fan. But we're going to give away our uh, midseason awards. And then we're going to talk our top five predictions for really the second half. We're getting into halftime of college football. And while that does kind of break my heart it is excited to talk about exciting to talk about what's coming up uh, into the future and we got five you could say some are bold you know you could say others other, others are mild just kind of how it's going but we got a heck of a show for you and really you know where I want to start is I do want to talk a little bit about something that that has been going on in college football this year that to me is fantastic for the sport parity as a as from the west coast to the the mid-american down to the sun belt i mean we have the most parody i've seen in college football and we're really going to dive into that at 3 30 because it's such a great breath of fresh air compared to what we've had not that we haven't had you know good games and, and really good teams playing each other but the narratives are different we're not talking about the same old stale crouton bread that we've talked about the last four or five years but i do kind of want to jump into into something with mississippi state here playing alabama and we're going to get mike leach on here in a second unless something comes up we know coach leach uh, a lot of stuff goes on when you run the air raid life goes down like that but to me and i'm going to ask him this question you'd much rather face a team coming off a dominating win than a team coming off a not exposing loss but a tough loss that kind of focuses them as a head coach because again if you don't think nick saban and alabama and everybody in that complex it's defcon four and they've just you know had their eyes taped open watching film guys you saw will anderson at the podium talking about how some guys need to make football the priority which is shocking to hear at alabama and i thought will anderson i thought that was fantastic for him to tell the truth that's why when the jordan battle stuff came out about what set his practice you can't have it both ways you can't say all right well don't give us your normal press conference answers the same you know talking points that we hear in every press conference and then get upset when a kid actually tells you the truth or tells you something that you maybe would not have gotten a couple years ago and there's a lot of people that are like man that's that, that's great we love that they're honest but you have people that are like oh that's over the top and this that and the other come on uh, I mean at the end of the day these guys need to be able to go up there, and if they're going to give you something extra, you should accept that. It's a, it makes it a lot better. It makes it a lot more fun to talk about, and I think that's something we need more of. And speaking of that, and we're going to get into this a little bit later as well, Mackenzie Milton, 
who I've got a lot of respect for. The guy battled back from an absolutely gruesome, really somewhat life-threatening injury uh, to come back and play at FSU had something interesting to say about this 2021 Cincinnati team. And, And I don't understand why he would go there especially you know when they can't beat Jacksonville State but uh, to me it was very surprising in what he said we're going to dive into that Uh, I do Blaine want to give a shout out we've gotten a lot of requests from Oregon fans to talk a little bit about Oregon you know Verdell going out they're playing Cal this week come can you pull up the rest of that schedule do you you have that schedule you can pull up you or Blaine to talk about it because the Big Ten or the Big 12 or Pac-12 I mean yeah the Pac-12 just just what Oregon has because when, when I look at this Oregon team to me you know, they struggled a little bit against Fresno. I mean, hell, they struggled against Stony Brook and now losing Verdell. How effective can they be down the stretch? Because if you look at the landscape right now, guys, and you really look at it, Oregon's got a loss, but they've got a great win. On the and road. That, on the road at Ohio State, and that win's looking better and better. Yeah. And now you have people saying that, oh, well, you know, C.J. Stroud turned the corner, this, that, and the other. Well, Ohio State's got to play somebody first. I got the schedule right here. Yeah, all yeah. right. Do we have Coach Leach at uh, D.C.? No, not yet. Not yet? All right, Blaine, let's get to the schedule then. All right, so they got Cal. All right, then they go to UCLA. Okay. All right, they got Colorado at home. Mm. Go to Washington. Washington State at home. Mm. At Utah. And the Beavers of Oregon State at home. I mean, Oregon could run the table with that. Now, Utah's always tricky going out there. We know yeah. the Civil War with Oregon and Oregon State, just kind of how brutal that game can be. And there's been some crazy, you know, turns of events there. But Mario Cristobal's really righted the ship uh, after that loss to Stanford, in, in which, you know, it kind of came down. We talked about it, our, our Wickles Pickle of the Week. And we're going to have that again today. Shout out Wickles Pickles. Uh, if, if you don't like Wickles Pickles or you haven't tried it, you need to try it. If you don't like it, maybe try the okra. And again, I've never met anybody that didn't like Wickles Pickles. So if that person is alive on the planet, please let us know and we can tell you some of the other great products that they have. But it's so interesting to me looking at a team like Oregon and then looking at the landscape because if they run the table, and here's the question, guys. If Oregon runs the table and Bama has two losses and Ohio State has two losses, because I want to get in this Michigan-Ohio State thing here in a minute. If they have two losses, I don't see how you don't still put Oregon in. Because I don't see the ACC getting well, anybody in. Th- so they really don't play Arizona State, huh? So th- they have a championship out there, though, right? I, I believe so. The Pac-12, I believe so. So again, same as we were saying with the Big Ten, like they're gonna have to f- they're gonna have to face someone from the other side, I think. Yeah, we'll look that up, Blaine. Look up, uh, make sure. Just off the top of my head, I know the Big Ten has one. I know the SEC has one. I know the ACC has one. I would think that the Pac-12 had one. I don't know why I can't remember that right now. I'm trying to think of some of the matchups or, or when they made that decision to change it because that was a big talking point a couple years ago with teams having championship games yeah. and how important yeah, it is. Yeah, Pac-12 Conference Championship. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, when you look at Oregon, they're very interesting to me. And then you look at Michigan, they're very interesting to me. We've talked about Iowa a ton here, uh, creeping past Penn State after Clifford went out. But when I look at Michigan, and, and Blaine, you can look up the rest of that Michigan schedule, we know they play Ohio State at home. I'm wondering how many teams Michigan plays that can legitimately push them and, and give them that one loss. But can you imagine... An undefeated Michigan playing a one-loss Ohio State in the game? I mean, at the big house? Hmm. I mean, you talk about it. We are setting up, guys, Bring to your have popcorn. some amazing matchups. Bring your popcorn. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, definitely bring your popcorn. Definitely bring your popcorn. I do want to go to the Booster Club for a second, Blaine. Okay, I got this schedule right here. This yeah, yeah actually drop that first. Drop okay, that first. so they got Northwestern this okay. week at home. They go to Michigan State. Okay. All right, they got Indiana at home. They go to Penn State. They go to Maryland. And they got the Buckeyes at home. Yeah, this is what I was saying. 
Michigan, Ohio, Penn State, and Michigan State, who's undefeated, mm-hmm. all still have to play one another. They're going to cannibalize each other. That's why they all have to play. Yeah, one another. and I do want to preface this: we're going to drop our twelve teams that are going to be in the playoff, and we have to go off right now if the season yeah. ended tomorrow. Yeah. A lot of these Big Ten teams are going to cannibalize themselves because they have to play each other. I mean, again, it's good for the Big Ten to to be in the picture like this, and we're not just talking about Ohio State. Mm-hmm. The best matchup so far of the Big Ten season. Uh, was Penn State and Iowa the other night. Now, was it the prettiest game ever? No. It was a big win for Iowa. I know Clifford went down. But the narratives across the country, really outside of the ACC, even though Wake has been a great surprise, undefeated. And and they, I'm going to tell you right now, Wake's not in our top 12. Guys, I'm telling you, it's harder, and this is going to sound kind of contradictory. To me, it was harder finding the 12. Yeah. Then it was finding the four. That's what you're going to find, you know. And it wasn't even close. Because yeah. I'm looking on the outside. I mean, I, we had to make the choice. Do you put Oklahoma State in and undefeat Oklahoma State? Or a one-loss Ole Miss that lost at Bama? I mean, these are these are the type of decisions that when it comes down to it, and we can talk about automatic bursts and this, that, and the other, the at-large ones, it's crazy. You know Cincy's going to be in. What do you do with Coastal if they go undefeated? I know. Hey, this even when you have 68 of them make the NCAA tournament, you still have teams that say, true. well, we were the next yeah. one out. We it's were true. number 70. But, you know, but, like, but I so. do, do want to make sure that, that we don't get over our skis and start saying, well, if we're going to let 12 in, let's let 20. You have to cap it at 12. The scary part of it is, in society, that's just not how it works. I know. And they're, I think they're going to look at the numbers because you think the, final, the, the 14 playoff makes money? You think that the advertisers make money off that? I know. They're about to triple it. I know. And see, the executives are always going to want more teams of course, for the yes. money, right? It's on us as college football purists and who know what's best for the game to say, no, we know you'd make more off a 24-team <laughs> playoff. This isn't basketball, okay? Yeah. It should be eight, right? That's what we've been saying. Yep, so I think it should be eight. If you're going to go to 12, okay, let's figure out a, made a, a way to make that work. But they're always going to say, man, maybe we could do a 28-team. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, get to, people stirred well, up. Well, the sad part is we don't have any of the power. Like, these are the guys that I have don't know, all the man. power. Look, college football fans need you, to speak up. The Booster Club, that's the, the booster power club? we have. Yeah, what tell them that, to yeah, speak what is up, tell, tell the booster, but, but again, I wonder in a power struggle between the playoff committee, mm-hmm. right, which is made up, guys, of ADs. Like, these are business people. That's what an athletic director is. A lot of them are in charge of fundraising. A lot of the, the corporate stuff that goes together now with NIL, how much pressure is going to be on those guys to try and convince everybody to go to 16 yeah. and then go to 20? And when does it stop? And, and that's something we had, man, we talked with Josh Pate a while ago before we even got on the volume about it. And it's the slippery slope argument. Like, I love the four. I love the eight. I thought eight was perfect. That's why I was so surprised when they went to 12. And then you look at what the alliance is doing with, with the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 all giving each other promise rings and writing, you know, you like me check yes or no's uh, without a contract why would you delay the expansion of the playoff to 12 when you guys need it the most exactly that's nobody's been able to explain that to me not one person has been able to say oh well this is why or this is why and you can't give me canoeing and you don't give me paddle ball and don't give me you know American Ninja Warrior sports or, or whatever's going on, if I'm somebody in the Pac-12, I mean, if I'm, an, if I'm an Oklahoma State in the Big 12, or anybody in the Big 12, or anybody in the ACC, especially this year, I'm, I would be banging down doors to get it to 12 so I can be represented because what's going to happen with the four, and this year to me is a little bit of an anomaly. If Bama loses another game, there's a very good possibility you get one SEC team in. But look at the fringe. Look at the storylines around it. A 6-0 Kentucky. 
who's about to be six and one. But now these games coming down the stretch are so much more important. Even the games where one team has a chance to make the 12 team playoff and they may be playing, you know, just for example, this year, Missouri, like let's say Arkansas is playing Missouri on the road and you're fighting for your life at the end of the year to get that win, to stay in that top 15, to have a chance at that top 12. Cause we all know how crazy it gets at the end. I just look at it. I look at the AP rankings, you know, we're going to get the college football rankings, whatever, whatever here in a couple weeks. And there are so many great narratives outside of, okay, well, it's going to be Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. And sorry, Cincinnati. Sorry, some of these other teams. You have no shot at it. And what I can't wait for, because I don't see a 12 beating a 1. I've seen 16s beat 1s in NCAA basketball, but that's totally different. You can't. That's apples and oranges yeah. when you're looking at those two different sports. But when you're looking at, you know, maybe a... 310 matchup. I always love how we talk about watch for the 12 5 matchup this year in college basketball or, you know, the, the daunted, you know, uh, upper seed versus the you know middle lower seed that always causes people the 13-4 stuff like that we're going to start to get that in college football and I wonder what that number will be I know and that, this is what I was saying to you in the summer when we were talking about this is we needed some, we needed to solve for the BCS system because mm-hmm. there were at times more than two teams who could potentially win the national championship yes. you look at an undefeated Auburn team in 2004 doesn't get a shot to play for the national title it's disgraceful right but since we've gone to four we haven't had a situation where more than four teams in the country could win the national title true this year has kind of turned that on said we do have we're only halfway through the season and i do say mm-hmm. these things have a way of figuring themselves they out do. the truth players. reveals itself but this year has been different and it is refreshing it, it is but again and i put george on a pedestal in front of everybody else but let's but say, still but even what, behind them well what i'm you know? saying well your argument is it's right is that there's been all right these top four teams and then nobody else has a chance. Or really at it. top three, and the fourth one hasn't lived up to what That's we exactly wanted. Either right. in Notre Dame or last year, you could have said, well, Texas A&M should have gone in instead of Notre Dame. Again, that was a COVID year with a stripped down schedule. Yeah, I don't think anomaly. the committee has gotten the four team playoff wrong yet, necessarily, unless you want to talk that, about that. But. Yeah, I would say that Georgia team that lost, um, was it two losses SC Championship against Bama? Yeah. You know, they could have been in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, again, look. You get into the hardest argument to me in this whole deal, and we'll get to Rusty Manziel before we get uh, Coach Leach in here. You know the coaching world's crazy, but you know when you when you look at it to me, a great argument is the two loss team versus a one loss team. What is that one loss, or what are those two losses? You know, because at the end of the day, if you're looking at it, the, the thing that hurts Bama the most is that wasn't a dominant Texas A&M team that was a top five team that you lost to on the road that you can get back to, let's say you lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game and you can come back and say, well, guys, we have two losses, but they're to two top five teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at Auburn right now, and and they don't have the personnel to win it. They, they, They don't have a chance to win it this year. But you lost to a very highly ranked Penn State team and you lost to the best team in the country. Those are two legitimate losses that if it came down to, all right, well, Oregon's got one loss against an okay Stanford team. And yeah. the strength of schedule that they play compared to the strength of schedule that, that an Auburn, I'm just using that for an example, as an Auburn plays, they're not comparable. Yeah, but you look at Auburn, their next three games are at Arkansas, Ole Miss, and at Texas A&M, and then they would still have to play Alabama. That's what I'm saying. That these things will figure themselves out for, for sure. the most part. For yeah, sure. And know. I do want to say, you know, Oregon did play Ohio State. That's a great win on the road. On the road, I get that. This and that. I'm using that as an example because the argument you're going to get when you get to the, the final part of figuring out the 12, really the 8 through the 12, is okay. Because I'm looking at it right now, Ole Miss, with that one loss at Bama, to me is a better team 
than an undefeated Oklahoma State. I okay. think if Ole Miss yeah. played Oklahoma State, sure. they'd beat them by 17 or more. I think you say the same thing about Iowa. Uh, well, again, but Iowa has Iowa has proven it and beaten a really good team. I, I mean, look around the rest of the landscape. Michigan State. Mel Tucker's doing an unbelievable job. A guy I think is going to be in the SEC before it's said and done. Just remember I said that. But who has Michigan State really beaten? Miami has shown themselves to be fraudulent. And now De'Eric King is at Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska. (laughs) I know. But but again, strength of schedule is going to be so interesting to watch when we get to the two-loss and the one-loss argument. I do not have uh, Coach Leach in here, but I do have Rusty Mansell in here. Let's get Rusty in here. Yeah, let's get Rusty in here. Coach Leach, they may have thrown a meeting. It's Bama week. Who knows what's going on in that field house right now? (laughs) Let me get Rusty in here. Let's get Rusty. There he is. What's up, man? May y'all hang up on me if Leach Clark. <laughs> no, man, no, that no, guy. no. We, uh, that guy, that's a great quote, Coach Leach. Hang up on me. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> no, well, I, I appreciate it, Rusty. Well, look, man, uh, got a, who'd have thought, just the college football landscape we were kind of talking about a little bit earlier, that, that last week LSU would be looked at as a sandwich game for Kentucky and Kentucky's rolling into Georgia and game day's coming for Kentucky and Georgia. Because if you'd have told me that game day was coming to Georgia versus Kentucky, I'd have told you, man, Tom Crean really turned that basketball program around. <laughs> no doubt. You talk about the, the Georgia home schedule. I mean, all the season ticket holders were kind of pissed. You know, I even know people that sold their season tickets because you think about it. Nobody expected Arkansas to bring game day. Certainly didn't think Kentucky was bringing game day. When you mm-hmm. look at that situation, it's crazy how things have worked out. And that's a lesson to all. Hold on to your damn season tickets. That's exactly right. And, and the parody has been so great for college football this year. And look, uh, Kentucky's rolling in there. Georgia, it's going to be crazy. We know how well they play at home. We know how dominant they are. I, I just don't see an avenue, Rusty, where Kentucky's going to be able to have success on the ground with this front seven with Jordan Davis and Carter and all those guys. And to me, that that's their bread and butter, even though Liam Cohen's the new OC and they're trying to spread it out. We know Wandale Robinson's a witch. But outside of that, they don't have a ton of weapons. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't like the matchup either Kentucky side, and I'm not trying to be a Georgia homer. I'm just trying no, to No, it's a, true. I'm, I, but I'm just telling – I don't like the matchup. And when I look at Georgia, I, I kind of look at the Alabama mode. It takes an outstanding quarterback effort to beat them. Zach Calzada had the game of his life. He made some plays with his feet, threw some balls on the money, and it still had to hang on to beat Bama. Unbelievable win for Texas and I think if you're going to beat Georgia – you're going to have to make some plays vertically. And you have, have Josh Ali and those guys out. I just think right now the matchup, the way Kentucky's built versus what Georgia does defensively, I don't think it's a great combination. Yeah, I see a lot of third and longs for Kentucky. Blaine, get the booster club hot for, for Rusty here. I know we got a bunch of Georgia fans in here. But, Rusty, too, I, I want to ask you about JT Daniels. What's kind of an update on him? Because I'm looking at the rest of the schedule, and that Florida week is so crucial. Not to overlook yep. anything. And, and we interviewed yep. Jamari Sawyer earlier today. We're going to drop that probably Friday. And he said we don't want to take the rat poison, which has become a, a pretty normal cliche here, thanks uh-huh. to Coach Saban. Uh, yep. But what are you hearing on JT? Well, the one thing is Kirby Smart locks it down up. You don't hear a ton, but he did <laughs> offer up. He did offer up when he said the word pitch count. And to me, when I'm thinking you're on a Tuesday pitch count yeah. of a big game, that doesn't tell me, hey, we're preparing this guy. So maybe the thought process, you're exactly right, that far again. If they can get past Saturday, they get to that bye week, which Georgia desperately needs a bye week. They're as beat up as I've ever seen. They're the number one team in the country, but, man, they're missing so many pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Guys hurt everywhere. So, to me, if they can get to the bye week and have Stetson Bennett play like he did last week one more week, 
I've said it, people are trying to make it out to be a controversy. I still think this is JT Daniels' team, but what an act, what a, a thing to have with Stetson Bennett, because I'll tell you this, the players believe in him, that coaching staff believes in him. You watch reaction when he goes to sideline after big, big play, high five and those types of things, so it mm-hmm. says a lot about where the Georgia team is behind Stetson Bennett. I still, don't take me out of quote, I still think this is JT Daniels' team when he comes back. Yeah, you know, I, I tweeted out, you know, is there a quarterback controversy in Georgia? And I thought they were going to show up, you know, from Athens with pitch, pitchforks and torches up here at the College Football <laughs> Hall of Fame and, and try and burn Ooh. me at the stake like a witch in Salem. But it's oh, a great man. problem to have. I mean, yes, you'd much rather have have the ability to say, okay, because, you know, if JT comes in and you can tell he's hurt and, and he's not able to operate the normal way or he yep. takes a hit, you're not having to throw Dewan Mathis in there. And if you look Correct. at the A&M versus Alabama game the other day, if Calzada went down after Haynes King went down early in the game, Rusty, me or you are going to have to go in there and play quarterback and try and win a uh, do a game winning drive down there and it's it's just a it's a great situation as we get later into the season it's almost like having an insurance policy yeah i talked to somebody this week uh, an sec staffer and he said look the best thing about stetson bennett the guy thinks he's six three and that's all that matters <laughs> you know what i mean that's all that matters he comes in and plays big he plays a lot bigger wasn't rattled through a couple really good balls early and got going and when you have georgia's defense when you watch georgia play when it was 17-3 to three the other day, I knew right then it was pretty much over because yep. I didn't unless they turned the ball over or had a block punt or something like that. I just didn't see Auburn to be able to drive the field, putting multiple drives together, and they weren't able to. So, uh, you know, when you get out front and have confidence like that, Stetson Bennett, now you can check off another box. He played, you know, an incredible atmosphere at Jordan Hare, one of the best stadiums in the country. If you've never been there, that place gets rocking and rolling. You can yeah, tell on TV – it was rocking and rolling. So you check that box for him, and that's just another thing that he's comfortable in doing and that may pay off down the line if he has to continue to play. Yeah, before the season, you told me that Stetson Bennett and Ladd McConkey were going to be the guys leading the uh, Georgia offense. I'd ask you when you're getting on the boat to Shutter Island and go hang out with Leo DiCaprio. It's just been interesting. But but something, something Rusty, that I don't think enough people are talking about, too, now that he's back, is how much Darnell Washington helps in the run game. I mean, I'm watching whether he's on the right side, whether he's on the left side. I mean, he's converted offensive lineman, and he is humongous. Can you talk about just how important that is? Because when you play the band, even though they've been down. We've seen they're vulnerable against the run, and adding a Darnell Washington and a Brock Bowers in there, that 12 personnel may just lead them right to the ship. You don't you don't understand how big he is until you see him in person. Yeah. And uh, I remember the Georgia-Notre Dame game, him, him and Theo Johnson, the guy who wound up at Penn State, two of the top fans of the country, were standing there. And I remember looking at Darnell Washington going, there's no way that kid is a tight end. And uh, now when you look at him, and then he caught a big pass against Auburn there. But there was a play in the second half, early in the second half, right before they threw the touchdown pass to Lab McConkey. I just watched that game a little bit ago, going back over some notes. And you watch what he does. He takes the defensive end from Auburn and blocks him completely out of the, out of the, the screen. So he's a pass threat. But more importantly, you're spot on right there, man. He, he adds another physical body up front. You can attach him to the end. You can spread him out. Six foot seven and a half, two hundred and seventy pounds. There's not many Darnell Washington's running around, I can tell you that. 
No, and somebody in the NFL is going to get him and just – I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots drafted him and just threw him in 12 personnel down there at the red zone and let him go do his thing. You can just use that guy in so many ways, including special teams, something that a lot of people don't talk about and think about, having a guy that size, how much that helps. Uh, but, Rusty, uh, while I got you here, I do want to go to the Booster Club lane. Do we got any questions for Rusty over there? Yeah, I've got a question, uh, question here. If you're Eddie Grant in this Kentucky offense, what would be your game plan to, to try and score against this uh, Georgia defense? Mm-hmm. you got you got to take some shots. I mean, the South Carolina – Carolina game was really kind of a blowout, but I like the philosophy. They threw three balls deep and completed two of them, and you just got to take some shots at sometimes. You're not going to drive. You're not going to have a 20 and 18 play drive against Georgia. You got to take some shots, and I think mm-hmm. Kentucky is going to do that at some point because you're not going to make a living to having these long drives. They're so fast, sideline to sideline. The thing that makes Georgia so difficult is they can pressure you without pressuring you. They That's can do the thing. It out of their, yep. They can do it out of their base defense. And and I've talked to a guy, NFL scout this week, and he said, Rusty, what Georgia does is a nightmare offensively because they can bring heat with their base defense and stay back and cover up everything. You got to take some shots, and you got to take them. If you're going to take a chance to beat Georgia, you got to take some shots. Now, yeah, and again, if you get a pass interference penalty, great. You know, you're, you're yeah, hoping on yeah. that, trying to get some balance because you're not going to sit there and run inside zone at them for four no. quarters. You're not going to run power no. and counter and lead and insert at them for four quarters. you got to keep them honest there, and I think that's something that Mike Bobo tried to do last week. But you can't just line up and run it in the middle and, on first down. You can't give away mm-hmm. first down to Georgia to me. And, and if I'm Kentucky, you know, we all know they're going to put Wandell in motion. They're going to put him in the slot. They're going to motion him, try and find the coverage and, and try and find a way yep. to probably run a lot of pick routes that you just have to do stuff like that but you're right trying to go 13 15 play drives against this georgia defense and score a touchdown because if you think it's hard in between the 20s once you get into that red zone they tighten up yeah. even more because the amount of yeah. space shrinks so, so i think yeah, that's something to definitely keep an eye on too blaine anything else from the boost club before we let rusty uh ride on out of here yeah we got a question here from grant brown he says when all of the uga's receivers recover from injury does lad still get the start i believe lad mcconkey yep I don't know that Lad McConkey starts, but what I call meaningful minutes, he's going to play meaningful minutes mm. for the University of Georgia. He's just a problem. I, I mean, I kept saying it on my dog's 247 board in August. Listen, this guy named Lad McConkey is making plays, and they would laugh mm. me off the board like, dude, come on, man. The guy's 5'10", midget, weighs 160-whatever, 70 pounds. <laughs> Lad McConkey, uh, he's been doing it since high school. He's underrated. His coach used to wear me out like, hey, about this kid. And I actually apologized on Twitter a day. said, coach, you tried to tell me for two straight years how good an athlete this guy was. Change of direction, hands, speed, he's got it all. Every team you go back and think in the last couple of years, everybody's had one of those guys like that. Lad McConkey's that guy from Georgia. He may not start, but let me tell you something. They have no issues playing Lad mm-hmm. McConkey in the fourth quarter of any game. Guaranteed that. For sure. And again, I talk about it all the time. And, and before we get you out of here, building depth during the season is invaluable. Yep. And that's what Georgia has done. And what's going to be interesting to watch is watching these some of these young guys, some of these other guys that are getting playing time, how that affects the team down the road and the year after this and the year after that. It's just absolutely invaluable. But uh, Rusty, it's invaluable uh, getting you on here. Tell everybody where they can find your work, my friend. It's uh, another another great interview with you. And I appreciate you coming on. I know you're a busy guy. Man, enjoy it. I was watching to see if Leach was going to come on. So you, he owes you some up downs <laughs> when he comes on. Yeah, um, I, I think know. he's in a meeting right now. I think he just texted I us. I got you. Well, Dogs247, obviously, anywhere on 24-7 Sports and on Twitter at Mansell247. Uh, packing my car up right now, heading to a big decision. One of the All-American uh, players at the uh, state of Georgia, Oscar Delt, makes his decision tonight at 650. So we'll, 
find out where he goes. But, man, love it. Love your show, man. Thank you for having me on anytime. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Rusty, I appreciate it, man. I would be shocked if uh, he didn't go anywhere but Georgia. That's the way the ball's rolling right now. And Kirby, like I say, they're hotter than a fat kid in a sleeping bag at summer camp. But I appreciate it, man. Y'all are doing a great job over there. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys.
Thanks, Rusty. All right. Rusty's All right. always great to get on. Just uh, just talk to Coach Leach. He's going to come on tomorrow. Come on tomorrow. Okay, okay great, We'll get great, with great. him about a specific okay. time. It's Bama week. It's Bama week. I totally sure. understand. So our Mississippi State fans out there, calm down. We've got that and a big-time Tennessee player coming on. We haven't had a Tennessee player on yet. This guy's made a lot of plays, and I'll give you a hint. He's from the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Tennessee fans will know that. Blaine, what's up? Yeah, i got a couple of donations here. Oh. i got a $5 donations. <laughs> There it is. Oh, From the yeah. DGD podcast, he says, go dogs!" And then he came back with another $5. He says, oh, get my man Rusty a Bojangle sponsorship stat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call Bo Nix and see if we can't get it lined up. Yeah, we, but, got, we got one more donation here from the Salty Dog. A $1.99 donation. He says, dog's going to make me proud and get that salty dub Saturday. Yeah, for sure. I love the horn. But, you know, too, if you look at that line, the Kentucky line's gone from it started, I saw it at 24 and a half. It went down to 23 and a half. Now it's down to 21 and a half. Is it down to 21? It's down to 21 and a half. But, dude, I, 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 I'm I put just a telling. poll out. I put okay. a poll out because there's, there's been a lot of movement in that line. It's, does Georgia cover against Kentucky this Saturday? And it was 76% yes and 24% no. How's Kentucky going to score? Again, somebody answer me that. Outside of Georgia, just playing awful and busting coverages are not tackling, which I just don't see it. I don't see that at all. And again, the guy that in my, when I watch, the guy to me that has the most fun in college football is N'Kobe Dean, the Mike for yeah, Georgia, because he around. doesn't get touched. I mean, the dude probably doesn't have to even get in the ice bath after the game. Nobody's touching him. I mean, they could two-gap up front. Jordan Davis counts as four people. It's like they stapled three people together. Uh, nobody touches him, and he's running around when he's pressuring. He's not there. But Rusty brought up a great point, and we talk about this from a schematical standpoint, hashtag win the water cooler, is that if you can get pressure with four, you can do so much in the back end. We've talked about the lack of Auburn's ability to get pressure with four mm-hmm. because, again, if you have to rob Peter to pay Paul, it hurts you. And eventually, if you're blitzing and having to do this all the time, well, if you're taking something from one place, it's going to hurt you in another. And, and that's something I think you're going to well, find majority. While you're on the subject, I have a question from a Booster Club member. Shout out to one of my neighbors, Bradley okay. Spencer. Okay, Bradley. Yesterday he said, look, I big-time Kentucky fan. Okay. He said, look, we've done everything that's been asked of us. You know, I know the last couple games have been at home, but we're 5-0. and Why are we not being given more of a chance? What can Kentucky do to win this ballgame? Okay, uh, again. I and, know you'll go to the keys to victory this week. Yeah, but we will, but head, I've got no problem hitting head, it here. Looking ahead here, yeah, yeah. Shout out Bradley, but to me, if you're Kentucky, there's one formula to beat Georgia, and I just don't see anybody's going to do it. You've got to beat Georgia 13-10. to 10. Like, you're not beating Georgia 31-28. to 28. And I said I would be shocked if Kentucky scored over 14 points and anybody in the country scored over 24, including Alabama against Georgia. I'll say it to the cows come home, and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But if you're Kentucky, you just have to make it ugly. You you have got to beat Georgia with your defense. That's how. Be- and field goals. I, I believe, uh, I mean, this game last year, I believe, ended at 14-6. to six. It did, but again, I know it's the transitive property, team. this know, isn't a, a, a math that's, class in a middle and school. And if Arkansas couldn't do it, Arkansas was primed for a game like that. Ugly game. And it still couldn't do it. And, and, as, and as long as Georgia's offensive line, and we talked with Jamari about this, which we're going to drop in a couple days, their confidence is growing by the minute, and they're really starting to kind of find themselves. You know, it's kind of like your you know, junior year in high school, if you haven't really found yourself, you start finding yourself a little bit, trying to figure out who you're going to be. Georgia is kind of to the point now where they know who they are. And at the end of the day, those are the teams, if you're able to dominate up front and you have an identity, not that you're one-dimensional, but you have an identity, those are the teams that are able to sustain success. But I'm so excited to talk about this next thing. Why this year proves the need for a 12-team playoff. And again, do I like the 18-team 
format better? Yes. But I'm looking around the country. And I want everybody, look at me when I'm talking to you. Everybody around the country, if you are a college football fan, this has been the most exciting year that I can remember in a long, long time. Because we get to talk about different things when it comes down to the postseason. Now, is Georgia the most dominant team in the country? Yes. Do I think Georgia's going to win the national championship? Yes. Been saying it during the summer. But outside of Georgia, 2 through 12 in the playoff, the matchups would be amazing. Amazing. And we always talk about on this show, this ideology versus that ideology. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about politics. We're talking about football. Mm -hmm. You know, you have offenses that are run and gun and up-tempo and air raid. Then you have others that are pro-style, get in 12 personnel, just different conflicting styles from different parts of the country. And Ole Miss playing in Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. And Iowa playing in Oregon. Mm -hmm. I mean, just matchups that we don't get to see a lot that matter that have championship implications. That changes everything. It really goes back to my Texas and Oklahoma argument about why I think they're going to struggle early on in the SEC is because these are not one-off bowl games. This is not the Meineke Car Care Bowl where five guys who have a chance to get dropped it, uh, drafted are opting out and the underdog looks great. I'll give you a great example. Cincinnati versus Georgia. Remember the bowl game where Cincinnati kept it close and everybody was like, man, that was close. Georgia had opt-outs left and right. Imagine if that game had national championship implications, which we could get this year, and I think we will get this year. But if you love college football, and you can love your team and love college football, we, we talk about the Pac-12 here being weak. We talk about the ACC being weak. I want everybody to be strong. I don't want to sit here and say that. Yep. I want great matchups where there's something on the line, where you're not opting out. But it's not just the postseason matchups that have implications. It's now week 8, week 9, week 10, week 11, week 12. Now that game, the, te- the Arkansas going to play at Missouri, even though it may not matter for Missouri, it's life or death for Arkansas. That's when you start seeing guys make plays like we saw in the Arkansas Ole Miss game. Traylon Burks going up there and snatching it out, uh, out the air. Ole Miss's guy, Snoop Connor, dr- uh, driving the split zone and going for 70. Guys playing at an all-time high. And you know who else it helps out the most? The players. It's great tape. There's a difference in tape versus Akron. No offense to Akron. But it's different when you have tape balling versus Akron than you have tape balling in the 12-team playoff when you're an Oregon player playing against Iowa or a Cincinnati player you know, play, uh, playing against whoever. That's the thing. These matchups are amazing. And Oklahoma versus Iowa. Mm. I mean, just go down the list. Yeah. And the recruiting. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's massive. It's going to be massive. But again, it makes the game better. It makes the games more interesting. It cuts down on opt-outs. And you mentioned the recruiting factor. And this is something that we've talked about on this show before we signed with uh, Colin Cowherd in the volume, before we got here to the Hall of Fame. You want to know why Alabama and Georgia and all these places are able to go recruit at an elite level all the time outside of having great coaches and fan bases in that? Because there's a lot of places that have great coaches and fan bases is that they can go sit in that living room and they can say I'm going to tell you this I'm going to hand you this spreadsheet look at all the offensive tackles we have in the NFL look at all the defensive ends we have in the NFL you want to know why our guys move up draft boards because they play in the games that matter the most and in those moments that's when a scout says wow this guy's a first rounder he's not a second rounder look what he's doing versus Ohio State look what he's doing versus Bama look what he's doing versus Georgia That tape is invaluable. That is life-changing tape. And the more chances you have to go in there, and now 
let's say you're a Cincinnati, or let's say you know you're you're an Ole Miss. Now Lane Kiffin can go in there and say, hey, guess what? I know that uh, Coach Saban and Coach Smart have been coming in here, and Coach Riley and Coach Day have been coming here talking about how they're the only team that makes the playoff. Well, uh, guess what, man? We made the playoff last year. Oh, and by the way, we got a guy that won the Heisman. It's going to affect parity in recruiting, and which that makes the sports the sport better. And that, as a college football fan, is what you should want. Now, we have our 12 teams ready to go. Uh, yes, we do. I want to ask you one question first. As a longtime fan of bowl games, should an attempt still be made to incorporate bowl games into an expanded playoff plan? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it should be. Why not? How yeah. else are you going to do it? To me, if I'm a bowl, if I'm a citrus bowl, or, or I'm somebody like that, it's this is a life changing up. Because again, do you know how much more money would go into a game that has playoff implications? How many more eyeballs are going to be on that TV as opposed to? And I love bowl games. I remember growing up back when bowl games that weren't for national championship implications mm-hmm. really still mattered. Yes. Guys played to play in that bowl game. Yes. I loved them. I loved waking up early. I loved uh, over the course of the of the turn of the year watching those games, watching the Michigan-Florida battles. You know, watch. I love that. And, we, and we've lost a little bit of that. Yeah. And it's been watered down. But now you're able to incorporate that. It's a winner for everybody. It's a winner for – and listen, I'm all for meritocracy. But you can have that. With a 12-team playoff. Because, again, you're solving it on the field. And we get to talk about more than the same three or four teams. Are the same three or four teams that on the big networks we always start the year talking about, and that's all they talk about. That's it. Now, now we have other teams that get talked about. We have other teams in the spotlight. We have other coaches in the spotlight. And that's going to be good for the sport. So let's start with our 12. And, again, let's go backwards to forwards. Yep, let's go from 12. All right, here's what I got so far. I've got Ole Miss at 12. Now, I didn't put Oklahoma State in there. I didn't. That was a very hard decision for me. But again, Ole Miss lost at Bama. Oklahoma State really hasn't beat anybody. If Oklahoma State played Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss would beat them by 17 or more. I th- even if they played them uh, out there in Stillwater, I think they'd still do it. I-, I really, really do. So I've got Ole Miss at 12. I've got Oregon at 11. And Oregon's saving grace is that Ohio State win. But I don't think they can drop another. You got Kentucky at 10. That's right. I'm going to put Kentucky at 10, and I'm not going to penalize them for going to lose at Georgia. That's the best team in the country, in my opinion, really by leaps and bounds. Really by leaps and bounds. Then I've got Michigan State at 9. And you say, and I said it, who is Michigan State beat? But again, they're undefeated. I think if they played Oklahoma State, they beat Oklahoma State by 10 or more. All right. You got Ohio State and Penn State. So you got three big 10 teams there. And guess what? They're going to play, each, play other. each other. That's exactly right. So how it is right now is how it, how it would be if the season ended tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm going to go Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State. Let's go top six. Michigan at six. That's four Big Ten teams. All got to play each other. And how about Michigan? I feel we're going to try and get Coach Harbaugh on here, too. I'm going to get Coach Harbaugh on here. You got Bama at five. All right, because, again, that A&M loss wasn't a great loss. That's no shot at A&M, but look at their record and look how they've played. A&M fans would agree with me on that. Now, that doesn't uh, affect how they're going to play the rest of the year. It may look a whole heck of a lot better by the end of the year than it does now. All right, then I'm going to have Oklahoma at four, which I think, I'm telling you guys right now, and I didn't put it on the bets, I've got a weird feeling TCU is going to beat Oklahoma this weekend. Texas I've got Christian, a weird man. feeling. Lincoln, really? Lincoln Riley shut down media availability because apparently the student newspaper or something was out there with binoculars watching practice saying that Caleb Williams is taking starting team reps, which, look, if your eyes work, you knew Caleb yeah. Williams is going to be the starter. <laughs> this isn't like they just broke into the central bank. You know, it's not Nicholas K. They didn't just steal the Declaration of Independence. 
I don't get it. They're not putting lemon juice on the back of that thing, finding where to go in Philadelphia to find the next clue. I mean, goodness, we all know Caleb Williams is going to be the starter. It's not that big of a deal. So I got Oklahoma there and rounding it out. Cincy at three, Iowa at two, Georgia at one. And even if it was right there, and it won't be because you have those big Big Ten teams, and I want to get to the Boots Club in a second, but there's some great matchups there. Yeah. So you'd have, guess who your first matchup would be? Georgia versus Ole Miss in that one. Let's look at the matchups. Let's okay. just look at them. All right, so we've got we've got two would be Iowa versus who did I have who did I Hold have on. at eleven? Let me get there. So you'd have Georgia, Ole Miss, okay. You'd have Iowa, Oregon. You'd have Cincinnati versus uh, whoever I had at three. I mean, d- d- the matchups are awesome. So I guess it'd be. Let's see. If you're going, you know, Cincinnati, Kentucky, Georgia, Ole Miss, Oregon, Iowa, Cincinnati, Kentucky, (sighs) Michigan State, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, Stop, Michigan, Penn State, which we'll already get. And and again, those Big Ten teams all won't be there. They're going to cannibalize themselves. You had me at Georgia, Ole Miss. No, no Wake Forest, huh? No Wake Forest. I'm not looking for AC. Look, for we're now. trying to make a 12 team playoff schedule six games, six That's weeks That's exactly this season. right. You know, it's hard. Yeah. Thanks, Blaine. What's <laughs> the Booster <what's> <laughs> Club say? I just like watching the Demon Deacons play this year, man. Well, you keep I, betting I should, them and they keep winning. Yeah, I know. That's probably half the reason why I like it. Good. Let me get in here. Um, get, we got a there. question here from Grant Brown. If Spencer Rally were to hit the transfer portal, where do you see him going? UCF. Central. Florida. That's where everybody goes from the transfer portal, right? I mean, well, you look, I would think SEC teams, but again, I, I worry about some of the attitude problems with Spencer Rattler. Because, again, I've never met the guy, and I don't like to talk about people that I've never met from a character standpoint. Yeah. But I watched that Netflix thing with the, the D1QB thing that he was on. Was it bad? It just, bad he's not a guy that I'd like to hang out with. Gotcha. It seemed it was all about him. Gotcha. And and if you look at Oklahoma, and again, he walked off the field while they were celebrating. I don't think he was hurt or this, that, and the other. But you don't want those guys with the, that type of attitude. And again, I don't know Spencer, but is that a guy you want to bring in to your program? Especially if you have a good culture in the locker room and there's any questions. And it's funny, we talk about this in the NFL all the time, but we really don't talk about it in college football. And, I mean, these guys are 18 to 22 years old. I get it. But they're signing NIL deals. I mean, they're getting paid. So the attitude's a big deal. Yeah. Is that a guy you'd want to bring into your locker room if you have a great culture? I don't know. I mean, You'd have to do your research. How many guys went to his birthday party, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. But, no, I love oh, this 12-team playoff I was going to uh, segue naturally here to the uh, McKenzie Milton tweet and oh. say, we don't need a 12-team playoff. You can just be on a team that doesn't make it and then still call yourself a national champion. That's true. Yeah. You Throw don't this tweet need up. it. And I do want to say this. I have all the respect for McKenzie Milton in the world and what he went through. That was a devastating injury. And for him to be able to come back and that Notre Dame game was a great story, almost let him back. But this doesn't let you off the hook for saying that. Let's throw that tweet up there, Cone. He said this is very recently. He he said in an earlier tweet, I like 2017 UCF, Memphis, and USF over 2021 Cincinnati. And then he obviously got some backlash, and he said this isn't taking shots at Cincinnati. It's trying to point out the disrespect that the American Conference faced back then. Memphis and USF that year were tougher opponents than Auburn. And you can ask any player or coach from that UCF team, and they'll stand by that. Well, it's hilarious to me, number one, 
that you want me to ask the guys at UCF if that's the truth. Yeah, they're definitely going to say no. <laughs> yeah, no, what? No, no. So you want me to ask them. So that's the standard, huh? That makes no sense. That was a horrible rebuttal. But my thing to McKenzie is, why don't y'all just worry about beating Jacksonville State? I mean, what, what are you talking? You're throwing shade at Cincinnati? And I hate to say, you're not national champions. You're not. Your your hey, grandmother may say it. That's what, hey, your they girlfriend were may tell you that. And I know it because they put a sign in the stadium. That's Jake. exactly they right. Were better than Alabama. Yeah, and and to say, look, they beat Auburn in the bowl game, but again, it goes back to, to the, the one-off opt-outs. bowl game yeah. argument. Auburn had just lost to Georgia for a chance to go to the playoff, and it's not an excuse not to come out and play good. And and Derek Brown played in that game, but they had some guys not play. But man, like, are are you bored? How bored are you? You're taking shots. Cincinnati would beat the hell out of Florida State. They'd beat the hell out of y'all. They'd beat y'all to death. I'm telling you right now. So if it's me, you might as well just keep your mouth shut because I don't, I don't understand what you're trying to gain from that other than, I, I don't know, getting back into the spotlight or this, that, and the other. Right. And, again, I have a ton of respect for Mackenzie Milton. I do. But that is an asinine statement. Where are you going with that? Like, it's like, that's like some, some Uncle Rico type stuff. Like, oh, man, if they'd have put me in, we'd have won state. Back in 2017, we won state. All the states. <laughs> We won the country. Guess what? You didn't. You didn't. Flint, Michigan, Mega Bowl. I mean, li- literally, dude, just stop. Just finish just your career. And then if you want to be an analyst, if finish your career. And then, then you want to be an analyst, and I'm sure you'd be a great one. McKenzie, McKenzie knows football and this, that, and the other. Then say it. But if I'm Mike Norvell, I'm like, man, we've been bashed on and lost to Jacksonville State, and we just beat North Carolina and have some good news, and now you're coming out throwing shade across the country at Cincinnati? I'm going to tell you right now, Cincinnati would have beat that UCF team. You think so? I think they'd have beat them. I think they're better than they are. I think the Cincinnati team last year would have beat them because that UCF team was good, but let's not make any mistake. And then you're going to give me USF and Memphis? Come man. It's just you're reaching. It's like I told Mike Wilbon, why are you reaching, man? Why are you reaching? It just it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. What's the Booster Club saying about that? Uh, I, we actually have a nah, $20 donation. Oh. Nice. Yeah. From Reed Carter. And he says, Reed. Keep up the good work, my man. Glad to see you doing big things. Well, tell Reed I said thanks, and I appreciate him hitting me when we played each other. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Reed's, a, Reed's a, a good friend of mine, good friend of the show. Uh, no, we appreciate it, brother. But, yeah, man, look, um, I, and I do want to say this, and then I'm off the Mackenzie Milton thing, and, and I'm off it. Somebody explain to me how that helps Florida State. How does that help your teammates? How does it? Is there any crickets? Anything? Anybody? Anybody in the booster club? How does that help Mike Norvell and Florida State? How does it help them? It doesn't. It doesn't. And really, you're just causing it, – it's a distraction to me that didn't need to be there. Yeah, and you're already 2-4 and four this year. You're 2-4 and four this year. Just do your, do your thing, man. Just do your thing. What else we got in the booster club before we get to these midseason awards? Let me. Uh, we have some uh, people asking for bets, guys. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh yeah, sixty and thirty nine. It's a bread man. festival. Appalachian State. <laughs> Goodness gracious, Cone! I was thinking of you during that fourth quarter. God. And then they got when when the Lafayette guy jumped over the guy to get the first down, pretty much iced the game. I was yeah, like, we got a question here from uh, Cal Kennedy. Do you think the committee structures the seed slash matchups in the twelve team playoff in a way to still get the Big Ten versus SEC matchups similar to the current mm-hmm. bowl games? Great question. That's what I was. Wondering. That's a fantastic question. But don't you just have to go by where I, I don't? I think you got to put order the best teams 
I the know, way they but fall. You say that, but look, they're all about TV, right? And they don't want to see a matchup they've already seen during the regular season. But, yeah, okay. So I, I, I think I, I that there be and 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 they're going to say, well, is it that big of a difference between seven and eight? And we could get a matchup we haven't gotten yet, and we could see a like what you're talking about. You could see an Oklahoma play a Georgia early. You know, I mean, but circumstantially, I mean, look, we had Georgia and Bama. I mean, I play twice, I and that, that was great to me. And, and look, it's. It's in a uh, utopian kind of sure. view of it, and and it does come down to dollars and eyeballs. What we talked about, but you got to go one through twelve, right? Mm-hmm. But again, tell me a matchup that we talked about earlier that wouldn't be a good one. The one through twelve, Georgia, uh, Georgia, Ole Miss, Cincinnati, Kentucky. I mean, think about that. Kentucky's mm-hmm. right down the road from Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a big game. Mm-hmm. That's a big game. So I think just you know. The purest in me wants to go 1 through 12, but they're going to find the matchups. That's where it's going to get really interesting for that 12th team. It doesn't come down to prestige. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to come down to whoever handled their business. Hopefully. That's how it should That's be. That's how they've been doing it with the four team for the most part. That's you how know? it should be. But yeah. everybody, look, there's going to be teams that get left out that have a legitimate argument. There's going to be teams that get put in that coastal. people have legitimate arguments against. Mm-hmm. But how cool will it be for a coastal team? You know, to just have a chance to get in there at 12. And then you start, like I said, you're looking at the one losses and the two losses. And, man, that's going to be the argument. That's going to be the biggest argument in this 12-team playoff is when you get towards the end of it. Because, you know, the the first set, it's going to be pretty easy to figure out. We're going to know who it is. But once it starts getting hairy and you've got the two-loss team and the one-loss team, that's where decisions are going to have to be made that are the minutia of it and the strength of schedule, which this always goes back to strength of schedule. It goes back to RPI in basketball. Basketball and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's got to be a huge factor in it because you does. can't punish people for playing, for playing good, good schedules. schedules. That's exactly, exactly this right. This Oregon Ohio State matchup we got it. at the beginning of this year was fantastic. I no love one it. thought Oregon would go out there and win. They won in the horseshoe by two touchdowns, a great win. Then they go and lose a game. Yeah. That might be the only uh, game Ohio loses, right? So it's like we don't want to punish schools and ADs for not scheduling those yeah. types of games. The Georgia or Clemson for, for scheduling those types of Auburn, games. Auburn, Penn State. I know. Hell, even Alabama, Miami, even though Alabama's made a living out of ruining ACC teams at the beginning of the year. They did it to Florida State yeah. a couple years ago. Did it to Miami. They do it uh, every They do it every every, every year. But uh, alright, let's get to the first ever Coolies. It's Win the Water Cooler. This is our midseason award, the Coolies. Alright, and, and to me, listen, I'm going to give mine, and if y'all have another one, I want you to throw it in there. Okay. Alright, so our first award is the Trench Warfare Award, and it's got to go to Georgia. Yeah. And I'm not talking about just defensive line. I'm talking about a combination of offensive line and defensive line. And to me, that's what separates Georgia from everywhere else. You can talk about Jamari Sawyer up front, Amarius Mims. You can look on the defensive line, uh, you know, Jordan Davis, guys like that. But to me, the Trench Warfare Award has to go to Georgia. Do y'all? Do we have any disagreement there? Georgia. Uh, yeah, it's not even close. I don't think it's close at all. <clears throat> the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs of Georgia. All right, let's get to the second one. I think this is the Witch of the Year. The Witch of the Year, which is the Coolies version of the Heisman. Mm-hmm. And it's Matt the Golden Corral. Mm. I think he's going to win it. I now, do too. Now, what's interesting is, you know, we haven't really had like a Heisman moment. You, you can look back, and cause, and we're only in, through week six. You know, we're, we're only halfway through the, through the year, really not even halfway. 
but he looks really, really good against Arkansas. And his numbers, even against Bama, That's weren't what I was horrible. Say. He did not have a bad game against Alabama. No, they just didn't have a lot of weapons. Needed to keep it closer, but still. I mean, yeah. how many games do you think Ole Miss can lose and he still wins the Heisman if he plays at this level during those losses? Well, what was it for RG3? Three games? They lost uh, three games and he won it? Baylor lost three, I, I think. I think they lost so, three yeah. games in NRG. I would say three, max two, I think would give him a very, very good chance. Gotcha. Now, if Bryce Young, who threw for 400 yards against A&M, anybody that blames Bryce Young for that loss, you need to go back and watch the tape. The dude was running for his life. I mean, it was it was like a Lemony Snicket movie. I mean, it was a series of unfortunate events up front for Alabama with what Clemens and, and those guys were doing on the outside to him. But if Bryce Young goes off, and then goes off in the Iron Bowl, and then goes to the SEC Championship and goes off against Georgia and they win, Bryce can really, I think he can put himself in the forefront of it. But I think you got to give the witch of the year to Matt Corral. Do, is there any disagreement there? No, I don't, but no. I was going to give you fan duels right now, odds on the Heisman. Give them to me. Okay, it's so Matt Corral plus 200. Love it. Bryce Young plus 200. C.J. Stroud plus 700. Desmond Ritter plus 2,000. How is C.J. Stroud in front of Desmond Ritter? And B. John Robinson plus 3,000. I mean, look, and C.J.'s going to be a really good player. You balled against Rutgers. Congrats. I I just – I don't – it's just amazing. If you play for a certain team, like you can just go out and beat guys that aren't very good. And they're like, oh, give him the Heisman. He shouldn't. Desmond Ritter should be right behind Matt Corral and Bryce Young. The fact that CJ Stroud's in front of Desmond Ritter is laughable at best. But do y'all have a witch of the year? Is is there one outside of Matt Corral that you guys like? Or yeah, are we in agreement um, there? You know, I like Jordan Davis. I don't think you're crazy I like saying Jordan that. Davis. I mean, you he know? could go. He, he could go to New York. Three. He you know, might go to New York. And, and guys. here's here's what you gotta here's what you gotta understand. I know you guys do too. When you're a guy like Jordan Davis, you look at the numbers. His numbers are good, right? His numbers are good. They're not eye-popping because people struggle. You have to game plan around them. It's like having a corner that you never throw at. Like that, he, You have to game plan around that guy not to throw. Look at the NFL. They're not throwing at Trevon Diggs anymore. No. And I know he's got a bunch of interceptions. But, again, that you take that side out of the game, that is Heisman-worthy to me. You are affecting the game at multiple levels. Yeah. You have to change the way that teams approach you, not because of scheme. That's Heisman-worthy to me when it's because of an individual. And there's individuals that change the game plan in slight ways, but they change the whole game plan. So I don't think Jordan Davis is a bad pick at all. I don't think Derek Brown would have been a bad pick at all. I don't think Indomitian Sue would have been a bad pick at all. And we have got to start really looking at the whole picture from offense and defense on who should win the Heisman. Because, look, it's fun to talk about quarterbacks. They have the best chance to do it because they're the position that gets talked about the most. They They touch touch the the ball. Every play, and there's quarterbacks that deserve to win the Heisman. I get it. Johnny Manza, I get it. I get that. But we have to start looking at this in a different way because it's really just getting apropos to me. I mean, it's we yeah. talk about the same three guys, same four guys that play the same position from the same three to four schools. Because if, um, if you look at it, in my opinion, and you, and you had the option to build your roster around one guy. I'm taking Jordan Davis. I'm taking Jordan mm-hmm. Davis because he affects every everything, play. and he can pass rush. That's the thing. He's not Terrence Cody was just a refrigerator that they put in the middle of the field and you couldn't move him. He just walked the defense lineman back. But he's not swim moving and running the quarterback down. Jordan Davis can throw the rip move, change direction, and catch a guy on a boot. That's just amazing to me. He can run down uh, the split zone that bounces that bounces wide, or the outside zone, or getting ready for that guy to cut back. He's just a different type of guy. But we have got to, from a Heisman standpoint, start looking at the full picture. Mm -hmm. And we're not. 
and we're not. And, yeah, and that's not hating on anybody, but I don't think you're wrong. I like this pick for you. I'll tell you, a kid I really like watching is Bijan Robinson at yeah, Texas. He's Man. nice. And, you know, and even Boutte at LSU. Honey, I Bichon. feel bad, you know, for those kids who, uh, you know. Well, yeah, the, I mean, you say Boutte, you say the same thing about Traylon Burks. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, look. There's a lot of guys we can talk about, and we all know there's there's one guy that you can pick and there's one guy above the other. I just want everybody to be looked at from a f- smart football standpoint instead of a, well, let's put him on the back of a Wheaties box. Or, hey, man, he's re- you know he's out you know picking up cans in the community and stuff like that. Like, we've got to look at the football part of the whole thing. And if you don't understand the football part, then you shouldn't get a vote. I think there's too many Heisman voters. Yeah. I think there's too yeah, many. Let's, of them. let's do a whole segment on we that. We could do a whole, well, do a whole show whole on it. On All right, let's get to the next one. The Overachiever Award. That's right, Kentucky and Mark Stoops. I'm looking at you guys. Did we pick you to finish second in the East and beat Florida? Yeah, we did. But you guys, to me, have answered the bell every week, and you have changed the perception of what Kentucky football is. And wait till you see how it affects recruiting. And you're going to play Georgia this weekend, and you're probably going to get beat. And you're probably going to get beat bad. But you're playing with house money. But if you're, when I look around, I don't think you can say Cincinnati is an overachiever because we expected them to be really, really good. Nobody really expected Kentucky to be the team underneath Georgia. Now, there's a huge gap in between Georgia and Kentucky. But as far as overachieving, getting through the roadblocks, they've made the layups and they've made the three-pointers at the buzzer by beating Ford and just doing it the way uh, that they did. It's going to be interesting this weekend, but my overachiever award goes to Kentucky. I was going to go with Wake unless That's you want I was That's going to go with Wake. Wake. Yeah, go I was going to go Wake for it. How about Arizona State, maybe? They're playing yeah, good no, football. They are, especially with all you know, the off-the-field stuff. All the stuff, stuff that happened, it, okay, you can have Wake. They're, they're doing good, too. I mean, Michigan, you could throw yeah, Michigan yeah, in there. I, just, I, want us, I want us to go to East Lansing first. But again, with all the stuff with Harbaugh and the contract, taking the pay cut, the way those guys have answered, and the way that they're playing. They're just playing clean, organized tackle football. Yep. So, to me, I, I still got to give that over to There's a good energy in the gym up There's there. There's a great turn. Put, add 10 pounds to the women's scales before you leave. But, no, Kentucky's doing it in the SEC, too, guys. Yeah. You know, they're no, doing it in sure. the SEC. Head ball coach of the year. Head ball coach of the year. I got to give it to Kirby Smart because I think they're going to win it. And I don't want to jump to the top five predictions yet, and we'll get to talk about it a little bit. So we may throw throw some out there a little bit today just for, you know, kicks and giggles. You see how I changed that there. But I, I got to give it to Kirby Smart. I think they're going to go undefeated and win the national championship for the first time since 1980, uh, which is going to be huge, obviously, for that fan base. And they can just get that, that giant chip off of their shoulder. I almost feel like they're like Red Sox fans. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just get it done? Our Cubs fans, you know, just that big sigh of relief that, hey, now we can talk about other other things and now we don't have to you know be looking over our shoulder every time we talk about how good our team is because you can have people you know you can have teams that haven't been good in a while say well you know you haven't won the big one so you're really like the skinniest kid at fat camp it doesn't matter uh but no i think it's kirby smart what, what say you you know i think uh sam Pittman's doing a great job at arkansas was better before they lost two games but luke fickle too at cincinnati look you can make a great case for luke you can make a great case for mark stoops that's what i was about to mm. say i mean I, i'd go mark stoops you and know, jim they harbaugh got, they got over the hump <laughs> this year against Florida and it's just the way he's made this Kentucky team relevant from a basketball school. Kentucky's a basketball school now. They're going to end up finishing second in the East and I think this Georgia game is going to be a little closer than what people think. Really? I do. You Ooh. think Kentucky's defense is going to be able yeah. to hold up against Georgia's offense? I do. So what is closer than people think? Like they're going to cover is what you're saying? Are they going to lose by 10? No, they're definitely going to cover, but I think this they're is... They're definitely going to cover. They're definitely yeah. going to cover. Now, let me say this. We are going to... Blaine is going to eat those wings. Don't think we forgot. Yeah. Blaine yeah. is going to eat those wings Trinidad Friday. Scorpion but let me say this. In. Do you want to double or nothing this thing? 
For with, Kentucky covering? For, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Because you said they're not going to have a problem covering. What I'm saying, I will give you Kentucky plus 14. Give me the hook on it, I'll agree. 14 and a half? Yeah. Sold. All right. What is so? All right. Let's, Let me write now, this down. Okay, write fellas, it down. Hold on. It's going from five wings to 10 wings. Here's the thing if you win it, no wings. Actually, you know what? Let's make it fun. I'll eat the wings. We'll, the, I'll Someone's eat the wings. wings. I'll, I'll eat the wings. I mean, the wings is Friday. Wait, correct? No, well, he's saying double or nothing. So wait, but it does change it because if he eats them on Friday, then oh no, let's no. make a bet on top of a bet. You, here's the deal: you're eating five okay. wings Friday, right? Five wings. That was the deal, right? Correct. All right, and you got to wait five minutes to drink something, right? That was our deal. That's the deal. All right, <laughs> shake your head. That's the deal. Let's do this, Cone. Let it be written on the tablets. Blaine will eat those wings Friday. Five of them. If Kentucky covers plus 14 and a half against Georgia, I'll eat 10 of them and wait 10 minutes to drink. But if you lose, if you lose, you have to eat two spoonfuls of Vegemite. Shout out Dion Green from Australia. Two spoonfuls of Vegemite live on the air. What's Vegemite? I have no idea what's going on. You don't know what Vegemite is? I don't know what's going on Oh, my, the Booster Cup's going to roast you guys. It's this Australian vegetable paste. I've had it before. I'm about to get roasted here from an Australian vegetable paste. We're going to get it it from Dion Green, big fan of the show from Australia. They got that stuff by the jar over there, and you've got to eat. What is the Booster Club saying? They know what Vegemite is. These are are cultured people here. I've got nothing on Vegemite. You've got nothing on Vegemite. Ask, Ask the Booster Club, do they know what Vegemite is? I don't think anybody except you and Dion know what Vegemite is. That is so (laughs) erroneous on all counts. Uh, People that are listening right now or watching on YouTube that may not be in the chat, they know what Vegemite is, and you can bet your bottom dollar, Little Orphan Annie style, that people listening on uh, audio, Spotify, Apple, and iHeartRadio I think you should just counter with the double or nothing. You want to just Hey, look, look, look. You want a true counter. If they cover the 14 points he's given you, then he can't eat it Friday. Then he can't eat it Friday. And then we just postpone. We'll make it 10 wings. We'll make it 10. And then you eat 10. Okay, but He's, if, we're getting the, I'm getting the Trinidad Scorpion flown in. Yeah, that's exactly right. We called our boys over in the T Dad. They're gonna Scare fly money down. don't make no money. Yeah, they're fellas. gonna drop the care package off Scare right money outside. Don't of, make uh, no money. Come on, Mark. And you've seen. Let's jo- go, Mark. You've seen Georgia play, right? I you've have. Seen, okay. So, so just have. just to clear the air and make sure everything is is good, we're going double or nothing. Okay, Blaine this weekend. Mm-hmm. If Kentucky loses by 14 or less, nobody eats wings. Right. That's what we're saying. Is true double? Oh, or I thought it got. Oh, okay. I thought it got true switched to you. Okay. okay. No, well, that no, 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 no. If Kentucky covers fourteen and a half, buddy, you eating ten wings? Oh, you can't. See, that you sucks because I already five. beat yeah. you in the bed. It's five? five wings. I'll eat five. But if Kentucky loses by fifteen or more, you're eating ten and you're waiting ten minutes to drink something. is gonna be the score. Wow. Tell Kentucky fans in the chat to get hot. It's come through for you. Hashtag I believe. I like this. Will Levis. He's he's out here wildcatting. Will Levis. He's out here wildcatting. The only thing you can eat after is a banana with the (laughs) P.O. on. (laughs) I put some mayonnaise in your coffee. All right. So we're getting off that. Let's get to our – oh, Blaine, let's go to the Booster Club. Yeah, I got three donations here. Good. Another donation from the DGD. Man, he stays hot in here. $5 says Jordan Davis for Heisman. Don't disagree. Love that. We had a $9.99 donation from I'm Just Here. Appreciate the donation. But then he dropped a 20 bomb. And he says, y'all keep up the good work. By the way, J-Boy, how's your girlfriend doing after a few days of cool down? Oh, this is, dude, we haven't talked about this on air. But I want to preface this by saying, you know, she's never really, like, cooked for me a ton before. 
and and she has lately, and she made fried chicken the other day and bald, and wow. that right there, that's that's marriage material. Now I'm not wow. saying you know, you know, I'm not going to go down this I road, but but I put you can have some. I got some left over. Can I bring Goodness, some to you? What I'll a bring champ. some to you, Darby, and, you are a family. and, and Adam Elton for yeah. sure. You are a family. Look, it's been a one since day one over here. Take care of your mental and your chicken. Take buddy. care of your mental and your chicken, said the prophet Marshawn Lynch. But, um, I forgot one award. I'm sorry. Oh, well, you got we one have one. an ugly no, Betty. We have ugly an ugly Betty award. We don't like to like go in on people, but go ahead. Who's your Betty. Yeah, UConn. Ew, gross. I think they lost to UMass. They did. Who is just and look, got buddies that coached out there. Yeah. They're not very good at tackle football either. But UConn, you win the Ugly Betty Award. Randy Edsel's out of there. You guys didn't play football last year, and you're still not doing it this year. So congrats on the uh, Ugly Betty Award, if that's what you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, that was 27-13. Yeah, that's sort of a, yeah, that's bad, dude. They're so bad. They're, and it's admire. sad. You know, I remember Dan Orlovsky. At UConn, I remember when UConn was actually somewhat legitimate. They have just fallen off the proverbial cliff, and I don't see them getting back up for a while. And really, if you've been fading UConn the whole year, you've made a lot of bread, a lot of bread. So they get the Ugly Betty Award or the Uncle Fester in the Dress Award. We'll, we'll make decisions on that. But I do want to talk about this. So, and, and you guys at home, and, and we know everybody's a fan of somebody. And you guys that have significant others or that have had – significant others that are that are fans of teams see we have only we haven't dated to a football season so this is the first one all right she's an alabama fan from tuscaloosa and i've never seen her we've never seen an iron bowl together anything like that i've never seen her when alabama is losing because Alabama's just kind of rolled through this year and she's been so happy and so nice and cordial and and you know just doing stuff and I got to see the dark side of the moon the other day. And Cone, we were over at your you house. You too. <laughs> you got to see it. Darby Lou wanted to take all the Alabama stuff in the house. To us. I said, don't like, do that. Halfway through the first quarter, she wanted to fire everybody. <laughs> but she does this thing where she just walks around. She went up in my room and turned all the lights off and just laid in the bed during the middle of the Alabama game. And on the way home. Like, we're having to drive home at halftime. I'm trying to get there as fast as possible. And the third quarter starts, and she's driving. And Blaine has the YouTube TV account on his phone. I don't. I got to get that fixed. But she's like, give me updates. And so I'm giving her updates, and I'm like, oh, Bryce Young got sacked for a fiber loss. And she looks at me and screams, don't give me updates unless they're good. <laughs> I'm like, wreck what? The car. I'm like, yeah. And so that's a great point. We're cruising along. I'm sitting in the passenger seat. She is fuming. I'm talking about fire everybody. How can you not show up for the first quarter? How is Coach Saban letting this happen? This, that, and the other. Blaming people that don't even play at Alabama anymore because she, you know, I love her to death, but she can't name seven players on the team. And I'm going to get in trouble for that. Uh-oh. Probably shouldn't have said that. But, hey, Reed, how's it going? Um, but, anyway, we're pulling up to a red light, and she is looking forward out the windshield. She's looking forward. I'm in the passenger seat. I'm looking at this red light, and we're probably 250 feet away. And she's not slowing down. So I'm like, red light, not slowing down. Red light, not slowing down. I scream red light. And she goes, oh, no, and, and knocks on the brakes. and almost knock myself out on the console of the car. She was willing to almost kill us because she was so upset. She wasn't even, she was looking for it, but wasn't looking. And she was red. I've never seen her red before. She was red. And after she was... I literally had to give her like a pep talk to calm her down after. Like, it's going to be okay. You guys still have a chance to make a playoff. I was having to talk to her like I talk on this show 
to, to get her off off the ledge about this deal, and she is going to grill me for this after. Thanks for bringing that yeah, up. Yeah, you're but in trouble. That's, yeah. how you, that's how you know life has been good as an Alabama oh fan. Oh, my bro. goodness. Oh my. One fire loss, everybody. Hog heaven, man. Fire, I looked her eyes, she said, fire everybody. <laughs> and she's like, I, can't, I hope Nick, I Coach hope, Nick's oh, in there. Man, and I hope he's yelling at Michigan, him. Bama fans, I hope you think of your team before Nick Saban was there. Oh, it's just amazing. Well, T-Bob said it's like, you know, the Soviet Union. Like, it's either perfection or fire everybody. Like, there's no Soviet Union planes don't, don't crash. crash. Play better. Play better. But anyway, what's the boost club? And everybody on Twitter was like, listen, I've been through it. So now I know what to expect. But I'm telling you right now, I don't think we can watch Iron Ball together. I can't go through it. Well, I'm, not, I'm definitely not watching I can't. I, I can't do it. I can't go through it with her. What's we, the Booster Club saying? Uh, we got another dono from the DGG podcast, $5 dono, and he says, hashtag Five Wing Friday. Five Wing Friday. Love it. Let it ride. The Green Soldier says, so LSU's offense did better against UK's defense than UJ's, UGA's offense will Different teams get up for different games. Uh, we talk about this all the time. Using the transitive property is a fickle mistress. And look, Georgia's at home. Game day's there. They're smelling a natty for the first time in 40 years. They're getting up for this one. Jordan Davis is going to come out of the tunnel, uh, you know, in his cloak or whatever with spikes on it that, you know, is horrifying. And then you got to play against and them. And look, you go back and you watch that Auburn game. All right. Auburn was moving the ball. Right, they just couldn't catch a pass. Auburn, yeah, Auburn struggled at like the simplest thing. Yeah, they could, catching the ball. The, and I'm telling you, in this game, Will Levis's feet will be huge. <laughs> He's yeah. not running away from Georgia. Will be Blaine. huge. You t- that's and a I'm horrible bet to win the took. game. To win the game, fourteen and a half. I don't think that's a horrible bet. I don't think they're gonna score. I don't think they can score fourteen. Ten. Twenty-four. Ten. I don't think they can score ten. I think they can score. I too. think they're going to lose forty-five to seven. I think oh I'm going to be. I think God. I'm going to be. All right. Forty-five hey, let it be to said. seven. Booster Club. Let it be said. Let it be written down. Okay. Do, I, do you want to? No, we're not redoing anything. <laughs> you took the plus fourteen and a half. I gave you the hook. I don't want to hear any more complaining from you. But guess what? Captain Hook couldn't save you. Even if Peter Pan came <laughs> okay. in and tights to the rest of the All boys, right. trying to him and Rufio and the gang trying to go go kill the hook <laughs> like Drake Drake Ryder. Make sure you bring hey. your make sure you bring your bid next week. Buddy. Oh, hey. okay. Ooh, good one. Bud. One more thing on the Alabama Texas AM. Let's get into our Wickles Pickle yes. of the Week. Let's get into this. This is one I've been wanting yes. to talk about here, okay? Yes. Okay. So every Wednesday, we're sponsored by Wickles Pickles. This is our Wickles Pickle of the Week. They're the best pickles. Go check them out. Follow them on Twitter. It's Wickles Pickles. Go to the website. They've got okra. They've got dill. Blaine, show them your Wickles thing. Yeah, everyone has Wickles Pickles. Yeah, everybody has for me. Wickles. Well, look at Great, Blaine. Guys, yeah. awesome. You're going to gonna wish you had these after yeah. Georgia wins by 47. Yeah. Uh, but all right, so last week, our Wickles Pickle of the Week was whether or not and when to go for two to win the game. If you tied up, you're down by one. Do you go for two? Do you not? Our Wickles Pickle of the Week this week is a juicy one. Mm-hmm. You see what I did there? A&M kicking the field goal at the end against Bama. Bama has timeouts. Do you ice? Is it more effective to ice the kicker or let the kicker think that you're icing mm-hmm. them and make them kick it? I'm going to go first. We'll go around the room. Go ahead. To me, I think Alabama made the right choice. I want the kicker to approach the ball thinking they are going to ice me because you have to. That's what you have to think when you go out there. You can say, oh, well, I'm focused in the zone, this, that, and the other. But most times, okay, most times people do what? They ice Mm -hmm. the kicker. And 
it works sometimes, it doesn't work. But the thought of not getting iced, because again, we all know coaches calling timeout right before that ball is snapped. And and if you ice them, let me add something on this. We're yeah. going to really dive deep. You want to talk about win the water cooler, you give them a practice kick. Yeah. And, and they miss that. that one a lot and of times. And they miss that one a lot of time, and then make the other one just rip your guts out. So I thought Alabama made the right choice. Uh, I'm not icing them. And if you look, that ball was yanked left Ooh. and went back right. He boomeranged that thing in uh, there. It almost worked you out. You disagree or you agree? Um, I'm icing. Okay, You're good. Well, you go why. next. I'm then. I want to yeah, hear from you. You, I you agree it, with me, right, Count? I want it to. Because really, your brain works. I want it to really sink in the moment. We get that the pressure. I want to see, I don't call think a time out. Here. Call timeout. Nick Saban, just look at the kicker in the eyes, right? I just want the moment to sink in. The pressure starts you, to build. You know what would be awesome if a home crowd could do? And I may have just started, like, something here. It just came to my mind. If when you did ice the kicker, like, imagine 107,000 people in the stadium just pointing at him. Yeah, yeah. but it was a home Every, game. But, no, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, if, sure. you're, if you're, if you're yeah. the home team yeah. and that kicker's kicking to beat the home team, if 107,000 people don't say a word, Nobody says a word. There's not a cell phone light show or LED light show. They're just pointing at him in silence. That is a different level this of This begs an interesting question, which is maybe he would have done it at home because there uh, would have been more noise. Well, we, talked you know, about, we, that, we talked about the difference in home and away yes, and how they look at the card exactly. on that when going for two. But on this situation, I completely agree with you. Why did people start icing the kicker? To break the status quo. Yep. Well, now everyone does That's it. So exactly it's the right. status quo. So what can you do to break the status quo Man. now is to let the kicker think, all right, they have two timeouts. I'm definitely, I'm definitely getting there. iced. I'm getting iced, and they'll call it right before, and I'll get a practice kick, except it doesn't it come. Doesn't. And then it's the live one. And that ball was going left. It was going Only by he the hit. fate of the 12th man. I'm telling you, they work Bringing on it. it back. They I, have midnight. Yeah, I'm starting to figure yeah. this out at AM. They have midnight yell practice for a couple reasons that I don't think we're smart enough to grasp, but I think I cracked the code Bletchley Park style. I think they work on half the stadium yelling if the ball is going left Clearly. and using that just somehow scientifically to blow the ball back. And either that. Either that or God's an A&M fan. Like, like, that's the only way that ball went in there. We yeah. go back and look at it, there's actually eight guys with leaf blowers on the yeah. left. <laughs> <laughs> right oh, on the middle on. section of the stadium. <laughs> but, no, that, that's our Wickles Pickle of the Week, and it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one because, again, you're, there's really no wrong answer to me, but you're right. And you'll see it so every week. So you'll you, see this every thing, week. You'll so see it every week. telling me kickers come out. Right, and if they have timeouts, oh, I'm getting nice. So yes, they're not for focused sure. on just going to Coach kick special them teams, man. Look, you say, look they, they will say they are. They're not going to come out and say, I'm thinking I'm getting iced. It doesn't but matter they what they're football. thinking. All that matters is what's in the back, back of, of your mind. Exactly what is the right. subconscious just, doing? And they know they're getting iced because it happens all the time. But your point is the best about the status quo. The status quo now is to ice them. So if you really want to get into their head, you do the opposite of the status quo. And to exactly. me, you know, that that's that's yeah. not icing them. I think it's what does the booster club say? I want to go, uh, go ahead and let you know Reed's in the chat. Um, uh, what'd she say? Is it bad? No, she said not true, Blaine. So uh, I don't know what I did. Good, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're too. in trouble, Blaine. Well, hey, hey, to quote Bruce Willis from what Die Hard, "Welcome I to do. the party, pal." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What is? Anyway, guys, I good did. show. Going, going, gone. All right, here we go. I'm gonna run away. The DG podcast. How do you summon Palpatine, Blaine? I can't give give that away. DG. You can't. I mean, DG, come on, man. You're you're, you're asking for the special sauce here. I just can't wait for Halloween. It's going to be the best. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, Sour Carson with a question. What do you think about Freddie Roach taking part in calling the defense this week? Well, Freddie Roach is at South Alabama when I was. Love Freddie Roach. Was an unbelievable player. Is an unbelievable coach. 
And look, if you're saving, you kind of had to do something. Because, again, the inside linebacker play. Oh, no, Blaine, I don't like that look. This is not good. I'm going to answer this question. Let me answer this question. They had to do something because the, the the linebacker play, and again, the calls is one thing, but but the call's not everything. It's how your guys are playing, gap sound. Are they feeling where they're supposed to be? Are they attacking? If you watch Alabama's linebackers, we're used to seeing, and it's kind of been off for, for a little bit, and people can say a couple years, and they only gave up 19 points a game last year, but typically Alabama linebackers, we said this yesterday, especially Mike's, the Rolando McLeans, the Dante Hightowers, they are going down there to knock your head off. They just pray that they get to the opportunity to not be touched and meet you in the hole, like Henry Toa Toa did the other day against A&M, but he was squatting. Those guys are used to going and getting guys, but if you're looking... It looks like the inside backers at Alabama are either overthinking it or they're shying away from contact. And I just don't think they're shying away from contact. I don't think they're, they're those type of guys. But either they're worried that they're not going to be able to make the play or they're playing slower than what they should. I don't think it's as much about the calls. I, I really don't. Let's not forget, guys, Nick Saban's the D.C., okay? There's not a call on defense that gets made without it going through him. And the OC. And, yeah, it, true. And the OC, really, if you want to be yeah. honest. Because we talked about for the year, well, Bill O'Brien's got to adjust to what Nick Saban wants him to do, and that's true. But again, Nick Saban's responsible for the defense as much as anybody. And Nick Saban is one of the greatest football minds of all time. If he thinks Freddie Roach needs to get in there and call it, maybe just to mix it up. Sometimes it's good just to mix it up and get something different to get out of that rut. So we'll see how how it does. I'm telling you right now, I would not take Mississippi State. I would not take him if I was betting him because Alabama's pissed off. Will Anderson's pissed off. Coach Saban's upset. They're making some changes defensively. This is not the week. And that's what we're going to ask Coach Leach tomorrow. Would you rather play a team coming off a dominant win or a dominant team coming off a bad loss? And I guarantee you the answer is not the latter. I guarantee that. But, Blaine, before we get to our top five predictions and roll out of here, what's going on in the chat? Because uh, I can just feel it from here. Well, I figured out what Reed was talking about. It was about the – she asked me, how do I not know what Vegemite is? I was like, well, you're probably one of the seven people in the world who know that well, is. Well, you know, her brain works. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, we got a question here from Matt. Do you think – do you think they take the regular season down to 11 games if they expand the playoffs? They could kill one double-A financially if they kill these cupcake games. Okay, okay. Here's, here's, there's multiple things going on here that we have to understand. The, the regular season will be affected more by conference expansion than it will playoff expansion. Because when you add teams, you have to what? Add games. Now, you can take away a non-conference and add a conference game. To me, that's a bigger threat because anything above 12, now now we're, we're talking about it really affecting the regular season. I think 12 is the capping point before it affects the regular season and you have to stop playing so many out-of-conference games. But guys, look at the direction of college football. Conferences are adding teams. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 lost two and added four. Again, I say it on the show. I'm not a mathematician, but that's more than what they lost. Are they still kind of reeling from Nebraska leaving and Missouri leaving? It all has that? it all has an effect. I mean, you could say they're replacing it, but it's not like they, they lost four teams and they're replacing with four. Where we're at right now, they lost two and they're replacing them with four. So you're going to see more effect on those cupcake games, uh, in, in my opinion, from conference expansion because that's happening. 
Like, like that is going to happen. You can look in your crystal ball and you can see it. So it's a great question. It's it's something interesting to talk about. Anything more than 12? Yes. But can you imagine expanding more than 12 and adding more conference teams? You may not have out-of-conference games anymore. But on the other hand, it's not like you're getting bad matchups by adding in Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. You're actually creating almost automatic great early season Mm -hmm. matchups, which is the whole thing with with out-of-conference. And, and I just want to make this point, can we please not play them at neutral sites? If you're going to add teams to the conference, play home and homes. That's what college football is about. I don't want to watch Clemson and Georgia play in Charlotte. If I want to watch anybody play in Charlotte, it's the pig from Charlotte's web, not Clemson and Georgia. I don't want teams coming to play in Atlanta unless it's the SEC championship game because that's a championship game and it should be at a neutral site. But all these early season neutral site games, are stupid. I don't like it. Bowl games, that's different. Y'all want to go play at Fenway? Knock yourselves out. That's awesome. That's a reward and it needs to be even. But during the regular season, it should be home and home. Stop yeah. with the corporate stuff and stop to quote Jerome from Beham on Twitter. Stop with the foolishness, man. Well, yeah, I think you go back, you look at that Auburn-Penn State game. Uh, oh. Just the atmosphere of that game. Man. So cool. LSU that. at UCLA, even though UCLA had 13 fans in the stands, I still love that they're going out to play them. And then UCLA's coming back to LSU and probably Lane Kiffin being the head coach. Oops, I did it again. But no, I'm not I'm not a fan of the neutral site games. I'm not early in the season. It's stupid to me. It, it really is. It's, it's a money grab. And it's all a money grab, but it's just blatant. I just don't like it. That's yeah. just a pet peeve of mine. All so right. do you want to? So what, do you want to leave the booster club hanging on these and save them for tomorrow? Or do you want to reel these uh, predictions off? How you want to do it? Let's do them real quick. Your call. Okay. I All got right, number five up here. Number five. Shocker. UGA wins the national championship. So, so these this are, is set this up too. Yep. Yep. All right. So what we're doing is we're predicting how the rest of the season is going to go, uh, where we're at now. Give me Georgia winning the national championship. That's not that bold. That's not that out there. But we've been saying it during the summer. We've said it. You can go back and roll the tape, as they say, and the eye in the sky doesn't lie. When everybody was talking about how, ha, ha, laugh at Georgia, we always talk about it's Georgia's year, and then it's Bo Nix's year. We picked him in the summer, and we're sticking with it, and we're looking right. I have you on the record at least since May. Dude, maybe a, a, Maybe April. To quote Stained, it's been a while. Maybe even April. All right, Heisman. Matt Corral wins the Heisman. I, I really believe that. I think Ole Miss is, at most, will lose three games. We talked about that a little bit with uh, RG3 earlier. I've got Matt, the Golden Corral, taking the buffet at the Heisman Award. Uh, I think he may he has a good chance to maybe roll through the quarterback awards. Bryce may get one. The Johnny Unitas, all that stuff. But I would not be shocked if Matt Corral won. And I Heisman. think he could be a good NFL quarterback. He's going to be a good look. Matt Corral is better than Zach Wilson. That's right. Everybody out there. I'm saying Matt Corral is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson, and I will die on that hill. Let's go to three. Alabama doesn't make the playoff. And you're, you're just going through circumstantial here with having to meet up with Georgia, look, right? Look, I have picked Georgia in the SEC championship game, and that's not saying Alabama's going to go through the rest of the That game in Jordan-Hare has gotten a whole hell of a lot interesting here in the last couple weeks. Now, Auburn doesn't have near the personnel that Alabama has, but in my opinion, Alabama doesn't have the personnel that Georgia has. True. And that game is weird. That is a weird – and we've all watched it. The greatest play in the history of college football happened in that game at that stadium with an outmatched Auburn team. So I would not be shocked because if Alabama loses two games and you've got two undefeated teams and two one-loss teams in Power 5 conferences that have legit wins and a legit one-loss, i.e. Oregon, 
i.e. Penn State, how do you keep them out? How do you keep them out? And what if they had iced the kicker and he took it back and it didn't count? And now we're going back. <laughs> All right, number two. Number, number two. Number two. Cincinnati makes the playoff. The first group of five, soon to be power five, but first group of five team makes the playoff. It's Cincinnati and Luke Fickle, and I could not be more excited for him. He does it the right way. Uh, he treats his coaches with respect. Uh, the players love him. He, he, there's tough love, but there's honest love, and there's genuine love between them. You can see it when they play, but they are so well coached. They are so well coached. You don't see a ton of stupid penalties. You don't see a ton of procedural penalties. And they have the quarterback. They have the ingredients. For the ingredients for a group of five team to make the playoff, Cincinnati has them. Momentum coming into the year. A legitimate quarterback. A resume that should be good enough. Even though UCF doesn't have their quarterback and they're a little bit down this year, they've handled their business. They beat Notre Dame. They've done the things up to this point. And if they don't stumble, that SMU game scares me a little bit at the end. But I think Cincinnati becomes the first group of five team to make the playoff. And you know what? It's good for college football. Number one. Here we go, Cone. I did this for you. I did this for you. For the first time in 273 eons. That's a long time. <laughs> Michigan will beat Ohio State, and this will be the biggest so? party in Ann Arbor since Jim Harbaugh stopped wearing shorts. What do you think, Cone? I won't talk about this game until it's week of. <laughs> until it's week of, and How then you're going to feel an energy like you've never felt before, I love buddy. it. Energy I code. love it. That week, man, I'm just telling you, that week is something special. It really is. Oh, now, well, it's a great week. And that's without us even being competitive in the last few years. It's yeah. still an unbelievable week. Not talking about that week early. we got to take care of little brother first, and then we got pins to all these, all these other games and teams Ooh. and stuff. Don't tell me there's any Spartan fans wow. in the Booster Club. Don't even Dude, tell me. I think me. we got some. Oh, really? Well, I think then we I meant, some. Then I meant Michigan State then. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michigan beating Ohio State. All right, Blaine, shout out to the Booster Club. Great show today, guys. Uh, got a great one for you tomorrow. Mike Leach is going to join us tomorrow. Wasn't able to hop on today because it's Bama Week, and they may have just found an answer somewhere there in the game plan. And, look, they've got to work. It's part of the deal. Appreciate you guys joining us. Thanks for the donations. Go to the thejboyshow.com. Grab some merch. We've got a ton of stuff there. It's great price. It's great stuff. We're not selling you cheap stuff at a high price. Uh, it's good stuff. Remember, over uh, – uh, under promise over delivered that's the way to do it make sure you hit subscribe check out everything on the volume youtube channel it's been a great week we got some football tomorrow we're gonna talk bets tomorrow that's when we're gonna throw them out for the thursday slate and the friday slate we got two games in fbs thursday hey, for friday we got south alabama georgia southern you and me maybe wow. we get a little you're from statesboro you got that georgia southern connection south alabama's the alma mater and i'm gonna tell you something you don't just walk into Mobile Cone. You don't just walk oh, into no, no. Mobile. I was going to take South Alabama. Oh, really? Yeah. No, bull. <laughs> bull. BS. BS. No, let's, yeah. uh, let's figure something out. No, let's we'll figure something out. out. We'll figure something out. We you can give laugh me 50 at Blaine points and uh, Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mallory, there is, you go to the website, there is female, female gear on there. There is female gear. Yes, yeah, it is. Absolutely. There is female stuff and there's stuff with my face on it. You probably don't want that, but there's everything. I was going to throw, throw a little future What's your future thing? No, throw it out there. You feeling dangerous? Ole Miss represents the West in the SEC championship. Man, do you remember who said that? 
I do. You my boy. I swear, Brandon, Brandon Boykin. Boykin. Let's get we get Brandon Dude, on. We'll hey, get Brandon back. We'll get Brandon he came back. out before the year and said Ole Miss is going to win the West, and if he does, I got to bring him on and bring his kudos because he got hammered for that on yeah, social he media. Yep. He did. But no, it's been a great show. Make sure you check us out. Subscribe. Check out everything on the volume. Shout out to my boy Colin Cowherd out there doing his thing. It's been another great show. Shout out Wickles Pickles and the Pickle of the Week, the best pickle there is. I'm not talking about a rundown in playoff baseball. Make sure you check us tomorrow. And like two SEC teams' chances of making the playoff, we're going, going, gone. The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn. Associate producer, Blaine Crane. Audio engineer, Faison Sharif. Executive producers, Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn. Voiceover announcer, Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. When the water cooler with The J-Boy Show. Volume. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.